Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is LJ Geis, 14 years career and volunteer experience, currently a recently promoted driver with the Garden City Fire Department in Kansas, who still gets to ride as a backstep from time to time and loves it, cadre member of Valor Fire Training. LJ is very passionate on aggressive search and fire attack culture. With that, I present Mr. LJ Geist. Hey, good morning, LJ Geist. Uh, driver firefighter with the city of Garden City, Kansas. I've uh, been in the fire service for 14 years, spent the first about year and a half to two years as a volunteer, uh, fell in love with it, and I was able to get on with their career department down in Oklahoma where I got all my beginnings, and I haven't looked back since. All right. Um, so what would you say the culture is like within your department regarding pride, training, calls and camaraderie and how is it maintained? I think every department, we're pretty fortunate. We've had a huge turnaround in the past about year and a half with leadership. Um, but we're like any other department, there's ebbs and flows of culture. Uh, there's ebbs and flows and positives and negatives that happen within our department. And like I said, it's no different than any other department. Mm-hmm. Boy, I look at it, no matter what comes down from the top, when you roll into the firehouse and you step foot into that, into the doors of your firehouse and you're going to start your tour, start your shift, you've got to have a mindset that this is a bigger picture than me. This is about the people that I swore to serve, that I took an oath to serve and protect and, and to make sure that I have my best day for them. And so when you, when you walk in with that positive mindset, it definitely helps build your culture. And when you're on a, on a shift with the good guys, that culture can stay pretty strong even through the negatives. As far as training, man, we're pretty fortunate that we can pretty much go out and train anytime we want to. You know, we, of course, right now with it being springtime, school's about out and being at the downtown firehouse, man, we have tons of kids coming through the firehouse and, and taking tours and doing different things. But uh, we are very fortunate that we can go train about anytime we want to. And nobody says anything about it, uh, whether it's calling the junkyard, getting cars to cut up or, going out throwing ladders, going out stretching, line, it doesn't matter. We're very fortunate with that. And, man, that's a huge thing to, to keep culture strong as well within your organization and your shift. Right. Uh, you know, if you want that, if you want that, strong, that strong morale and that strong culture and you want to build that trust and that camaraderie among your men and women on your shift, man, if you're not training together and sitting down and eating dinner together, I don't see how you have a strong culture and strong morale on your shift. So we we're very fortunate that we that we get to do all that uh, nearly on a daily basis. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about Garden City for those that don't know. You know the size, uh, how many stations you guys have. All right, so Garden City we're we're a little bit in between Denver and Wichita. Uh, okay. We are far western Kansas is where we are at. So we're in the heart of agricultural business, uh, feed yards, farming. Uh, beef packing plants and so I honestly couldn't tell you the real population of my city because uh, we have so many illegal immigrants that flow into my city Uh, we've got a huge Hispanic population white people are actually the minority I believe in Garden City now uh, because of the beef packing plants and so 
we are we're growing so fast right now. Uh, I think we've got 1,500 homes that are on the books to be built right now, an additional 500 coming. Um, the city's wanting to put in another 3,000 homes in the next, by well, I guess, by the year 2030. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're operating out of two firehouses, uh, breaking the ground this fall on our third firehouse, which will have a, a ladder company, engine company, and I believe – uh, a tender out there for our rural stuff. So we do city and rural. Okay. So we get to go, you know, one day we could be fighting a, a structure fire in the city and the next shift we might be, we might be hooking up on a task force on a, on a wildland fire. And so it's pretty cool that we get to do all that uh, extremely busy highways. We run a ton of car wrecks, a ton of car wrecks. And so we're, uh, you know, every month, you know, every month that we go, we're typically beating our call volume by the previous year by 50 to 70 percent, 75 percent. And so we're we're growing really fast right now, hiring a lot of people. So it's 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 pretty cool to work for a city that has a vision that wants to grow. So it's uh, we definitely get we definitely get a little bit of everything. OK, OK. So you have both city and rural. So you pretty much kind of have to be like a jack of, of trades. Oh yeah, without a doubt, we definitely do. And and the cool thing about our department is is that um, you know if, if you're on the engine, you might you know jump over to the brush rig on a on an afternoon and go to a wildland fire somewhere. Um, something else that we just started doing, uh, you know, we've got dive teams, uh, we've got a TRT team, uh, we've got a wildland team now. We just all did our pack test and and mitigation burns, and and a couple of us have field days, and then we'll be deployable to go. Uh, with the Kansas Forest Service on some of the big national incidents for wildland fires. So it's really cool to it, – it's good to have leaders in your department that have a vision and 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 want to get guys out there, guys and gals out there to do something different and to, um, to give us an opportunity to to get out and, and really just train and, and, and grow our department in ways that it has never grown before. Okay. All right. Understood. Uh, what would you say keeps – what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job? That is probably the easiest question for me to answer. And it's going to outside training. Okay. Man, I, I cannot drive home the importance of getting out of your own department and your own organization and surrounding yourself with people from other departments at outside trainings, whether it's, you know, whether it's a lecture series, whether it's, hot classes, going to a conference where you can attend both of those. If you want, this job can be hard. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. The positive, the negatives, the bullshit and the politics that come along with it. If you want to have a 20 to 30 year career of positivity and influence surrounding your people from, from outside your department is the best way to do it. Hands down. I, I've got, man, I've got guys in Oklahoma city. I've got guys down in Texas. I've got some guys in Missouri, up in Nebraska. I probably got a solid 10 guys that when shit's going South with me, I can call them and they answer every single time. And I talk to them and they're honest with me. And there's days that what they tell me, I don't want to hear, <laughs> hey. but we all need that. Yes, it's absolutely. no different than our personal lives, man. It's no different. We've got to have that in our, we've got to have that in this job to have people to help keep us humble because man, there's two types of firefighters in this world. Those who are humble and those who are about to be. 
But if we surround ourselves with those people who are passionate and love this job for what it truly is, man, that's that's how I keep going without a doubt. That's that is the biggest thing is getting outside of your department and going to these conferences. And here's the cool thing, man, there's conferences all over the world, all over the nation. Mm-hmm. Every fire department from the smallest volunteer to the biggest city careers, they have conferences, multiple conferences, I'll guarantee you within three or four hours of their department. But you've got to be willing to take the risk and, and put yourself out there to go attend those conferences. So, the man, that's that that's that's my answer for that. It's a pretty simple one for me. Okay. And have you always been this engaged or like did something occur like, were you were you at a point where you called one of those ten friends of yours, and they were like, "Hey, man, like, this is this is what we see." So, like, what what triggered? Because I mean, I can say for myself, I haven't always been, I've never been like negative toward the fire service, but you know, as you said, the ebbs and flows, you know, with whether you're on a good crew or a bad crew, I just want to know like what sparked that 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 passion you you have now. So I actually just moved back to Western Kansas where I was born and raised two years ago. Before I came back, I was with a department just on the, on the East side of Wichita, Kansas. And I had a, I had a guy that, uh, he was a, a driver, um, one step below a company officer mm-hmm. and he got promoted to Lieutenant and another guy got promoted to captain. And I got put on shift with those two guys and, and Stephen Colonane's his name. And the dude just him and I just clicked right away because in the captain as well, because man, they're just both hardworking dudes. But Steven, he, there was something about that dude that just got me fired up about coming into work every day. And once that happened and I was able to start attending outside conferences and trainings, mm-hmm. man, that's where it all clicked to be honest with you. And that's where I started meeting these people um, I actually had a, a good friend of mine. He's a lieutenant at the seven house, Oklahoma city fire, man. I've been going through some stuff. Our ship's kind of been going through some rough stuff for the past two or three months. And, uh, Justin sent me a, the Facebook message from chief David Rhodes, or he sent me a text message. Said, hey, you've got to listen to chief David Rhodes at FDIC this year. Cause it's really going to help you. Oh yeah, man. That's all that text message said. That all is right. all it said, man. I tell you, I sit there and I listen to that and dude, I, I wanted to go bust doors down. <laughs> and at that time, that is what I needed. I had, I had talked to Justin a little bit about what was going on, but him and I are so close. He knew that's what I needed at that time. And that's where those people come in to kind of save you from time to time. And we all need that saving. We mm-hmm. all need that. We all need that grace from time to time from our brothers and sisters in the fire service. And so that, if that answers your question, man, that's, that's where that all comes from. Okay. No, I mean, I have no arguments there. And, uh, the day or I'm not sure where this, but, um, I was having a rough shift, uh, a couple shifts back and, uh, a captain of mine sent me that FDIC David Rhodes speech. And he, like you said, it got me, it got me fired up because I, I thought there was one part where he talked about, um, Oh man, I don't want to. Why am I having a brain fart? Um, he he just passed. Um, a oh, Bobby Holt. Bobby Holt. He was talking about how Bobby had cancer, and you would never know it. It's just the man just kept going and going. And so, the way I looked at it is, 
if if Bobby could go through what he did and keep pushing through, I can't let these little setbacks that I'm having at work keep me down. And yes, but that that message that Chief Rhodes stated that it fired me back up. And I told that captain, man, I appreciate it. This is what I needed to hear today. Yep. I actually went back my, so I was on days off when Justin sent that to me and my first day back on my tour, uh, I actually went back and, and I get, I actually, I'm not a Lieutenant or captain or company officer, but I actually gathered my shift around about 30 minutes before lunch. And I said, guys, we have to listen to this as a shift. And, and it was awesome because for me, and I know we're kind of getting off in a rabbit hole, but man, for me, I was sitting there watching the facial expressions of my guys sitting around our, our table as we're sitting there listening to that. And about every minute or every 30 seconds, some guy would have a different facial expression of what he said. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it totally resonated. And I think every shift across the country should, should sit down and listen to that speech. And man, I bet it took me, I bet it took me an hour, hour and a half to watch that total, that entire message because I was going through and going back in my notes and typing down things that he said that were so impactful. Right. And I've got a whole list of stuff, but man, what a Justin knew that's what I needed. Your captain knew that's what you needed. And at the end of the day, we always talk about going and serving our people, but we always forget about serving the people inside our own firehouses sometimes too. Yes, sir. Yes. And man, if we're not, if we're not serving one another, how can we genuinely serve the people of our city. Sometimes you got to take a step back and do that. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Can't argue that. We're, we're, we're the first ones to, to quick to help uh, a complete stranger. But when it comes to helping our own, we, we, we definitely need to work on that because yes, you hit the nail on the head with that statement. Thank you. Um. So what are your ultimate goals? There's a, there's a quote that I that came to my mind that I actually use in my tailboard leadership lecture. But this is my goal, and it's and I don't know if it's my end goal, but every day that I step into the firehouse, I show up to run calls and make a difference. That's my goal. Because that's what I want to do. I want to run calls and I want to make a difference. And sometimes what we just talked about, sometimes making that difference it's not on a call throughout a 24 hour shift it's in one of my guys in my shift that might be struggling personally at home or or you know something that's going on but that is that is my goal i i want to show up and run calls and i want to make a difference and and i think if i can stick with that mentality and that mindset whatever whatever i have come my way i'm going to be able to make it and it's all going to be okay i don't know that right now that i have an end goal Mm-hmm. You know, I never I really don't have a, a desire to be at the battalion chief level. I do have a strong desire to be at the company officer level at one point in my career. But right now, uh, I just really feel that where I'm at is where I need to be. Uh, I love getting on the rig. And I actually just talked to some guys about this two or three months ago. But, you know, I want to be I want to be 60 years old when I retire and still be that guy that's still on the rig. And the young guys are like, man, who is this old man? <laughs> I see still doing what he's doing, but I want to be able to be with those guys and those young pups and, and just really encourage them and, and, and let them know what this job is all about and, and hopefully help them have a really long lasting, good career. Okay. All right. With that being said, 
do you believe in order to effect change within your department, you need to promote? Absolutely not. Man, I, I'll tell you this. I have seen more firefighters, people who are on the rig, right in the back step, make a bigger impact in their department than any chief, any battalion chief, any admin, any company officer. Because the cool thing about firefighters is that they now there are guys who spend their whole lives, their whole careers as firefighters. They never promote. And I think that's awesome. I think that's if that's what they want to do, it's it's fun to see the it's fun to see those people. But firefighters, a lot of times, and especially those people who are two to three years in, when they're getting to know the job and they're seeing what it's all about, they haven't been they haven't been drowned by the bullshit and the politics that can oftentimes sabotage an organization. And a lot of times those firefighters are the ones making a difference. They're the ones going to outside training. They're bringing stuff back, trying new techniques. They're pumped up to be there. You know, they don't wake up in the morning when their alarm goes off and they're like, Oh God, I got to go to the firehouse today. Mm -hmm. Those people are typically the ones, those informal leaders, those are typically the ones that have the biggest impact on an organization because they just show up and all they want to do is run calls and go to work. Right. And they're happy to be there, man. When they go hang their gear on the rig, they freaking love it. They're smiling all the time. To me, that's, that's, that's what makes a good organization is those types of people. Now, can you have an impact at the company officer and the battalion chief and chief level? Absolutely. That's the cool thing about our careers and our jobs. Everybody has an opportunity to make an impact and make a change. But you got to be humble enough and you've got to be willing to do it in the right way. Right. But okay. we all know in this job, we all know, man, we got people in our departments that don't want to change anything. Yeah, they'd rather yeah, yeah. they'd rather sit there and talk smack and, you know, be jerks about it than go out and maybe try something new. But if we just keep pounding away, I, it, eventually good things are going to happen, no matter how bad your your organization is right now. Right, right. Because uh, I, I'll say I, I believe that there is a a a shift in in the in the fire department axis where uh, these small micro conferences, these these small cadres that are promoting positivity, loving the job. I think we slowly can start weeding out, and every department has those. Uh, I heard the the term is mouch the, the mouches or you know the naysayers or the ones that tell you yeah I'll be ready to go when that when those tones go off but they haven't did a lick of training in in several shifts you know what I mean oh hundred percent I call them much or the recliner sitters <laughs> I really like to call them mutts yeah because mutts. they're the ones yep you know because all they do is bark and make noise and they don't they don't do anything the thing about those mutts man. One mutt can kill the kill the entire culture of a shift. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. A lot of times we stop and throw rocks at them. And then all it does is take us longer to get to our destination. And so we've got to walk, we got to walk straight past the mutts and just keep going. But as long, here's the tough thing, man. And, and you kind of hit on it, but those mutts, we've got to make sure that we're including them in that training. They're probably not going to like it some days. But as long as they're rodding on our rigs, man, we got to include them and it's mm -hmm. tough, but we've got to, we've got to make sure that we just keep, keep going and keep pushing because we're better than that. Right. Okay. 
you, now you say now I know that you go around and 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 teach and travel throughout the throughout the country with different fire departments. Um, what exactly do you? What is your specialty that you teach? So, I'll kind of give you the backstory if you're all right on how on yeah. how this all went down. Absolutely. A couple years ago, I was actually talking to my my buddy Justin from Oklahoma City. And uh, we were talking about leadership and it was a pretty lengthy conversation. And um, the next thing I know, Justin calls me and he says, hey, uh, the Oklahoma City uh, Metro Fools chapter is going to be holding a, a, a conference. Would you be interested in, in putting together a leadership presentation and, and coming and speaking to us? And I'm like, oh, my God, that, you know, here I'm a small city firefighter getting asked to go to a, a huge city. Mm-hmm. And go and and give a give a PowerPoint and a lecture. Well, I did, and and ever since then it has just blown up. And so I give a I have a lecture called Tailboard Leadership, leading from bottom to top. And okay. so I go through pretty much the three stages of of promotion. So I start out with the firefighter level. I move into the company officer level. Then I move into like the battalion chief, you know, deputy chiefs, training chiefs, chiefs. Uh, positions and i talk about and the reason i started the firefighter level is because informal leadership within a fire department and within the american fire service we are the ones that are going out and doing the work and these informal leaders can have such and we've kind of talked about it already but the informal leaders of an organization can have such an impact and so I start there because I want those firefighters to know, and, he's, and especially some of the new ones that think they don't have any leadership capabilities and qualities, I want them to know that they do. And it's amazing to sit there with some of the things that I talk about and see company officers and see chiefs come up to me after, after a lecture, and they're like, you know what, I've never thought about that. And so um, I, I do that, and then uh, I'm also uh, on the training cadre with David Mellon. Mm-hmm. Uh, valor fire training uh super cool dude uh i haven't got to teach a whole lot with him because most of the time when i'm at these conferences or him and i are both there at the same time he's doing hot le- or doing hot classes and i'm doing the lectures but um i've jumped on board with him got to help him in nebraska uh this past winter and then uh hopefully i'll get out with him a few times this summer with his cadre and go help teach as well so man it's just been you know i i never dreamed that I would be where I'm at giving these lectures. And, you know, this year I travel all the way from Port Arthur, Texas, clear to South Dakota, uh, uh, given my lecture and man, the people I've got to meet anywhere from volunteer people to, to big city people. It's just, it's been very humbling and it's been so cool to meet these people and, and, and to just, you know, to share what their views on leadership are and to be able to share my views on leadership. It's just been a, it's been a great thing, man, and I'm absolutely loving it. Awesome. Uh, I met Dave last year in Charlotte uh, for uh, Carolina Fire Days. He is the most humble dude that you've ever you, that you that you can ever meet. And uh, I took his lecture portion, and I, I don't want to give away what he what he said not to give away, but. Uh, he he described something that he did that nobody really knows regarding this uh, an incident he was on, and the dude is just a hundred percent humbled, man. Like he, he was he was awesome. So I, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, he's man. He's so much. He's such a fun guy to be around. And man, is you know it's it's funny to talk about this from guy to guy, but 
dude, like his smile's contagious. His attitude is contagious. He, you're right, man. He's just a humble dude and um, probably one of my favorite people to just be around. Mm-hmm. Just just a, sol- just a solid individual for sure. And his, man, his cadre he's got that helps him. Uh, you know, when I met those guys up in, up in Nebraska, man, Chris Morrow from Lawrence, Kansas, I'm actually going up to speak to the Wheat State Fools in July. And, uh, man, just some good dudes. It's, it's a lot of fun when you get to meet those types of people. Absolutely. And very down to earth. Like I, I, <laughs> I look at them as like superstars, fanboys, and they're just regular guys like, Hey man, would you like a picture? And it's like, Oh yeah, please. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Without a doubt. <laughs> Um, in in your opinion, what key elements or factors do you think are needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? Boy, we could go on for we could go on for two hours with this one. I know I'm bringing something up again, but humility. Okay, humility wins every time. Uh, man, there's nothing. There is nothing worse than an arrogant firefighter, arrogant company officer, arrogant BC chief. It doesn't matter. Humility constructs and arrogance destructs. And if you're not willing to be humble, you you can never learn. You can't grow. You can't change. And really, it is hard to be an effective, disciplined firefighter when you're arrogant. And the one thing that I always tell people when you're getting in this job is to walk into that, whether it's an academy, the first day on your shift, it doesn't matter. You've got to walk in there with some humility and you've got to have a good work ethic because if you don't, people read through that really quickly and it's going to be really hard for you to grow and to be a part of that culture and that organization and on that shift because nobody wants to work for or work for or with an arrogant individual. And we all have them. I mean, my department has a handful of them, and I'm sure yours does too. But uh, humility, strong work ethic, um, that's actually another thing that I bring up in my uh, in my tailboard leadership class of what makes a good firefighter. But uh, the favorite one that somebody, uh, that somebody posted when I posted a question a couple years ago, what makes a good firefighter, uh, it's having a combat-ready mentality. I mean, w- with our job, you got to be ready to go at a moment's notice. It doesn't matter – late night, early morning, mid-afternoon, it doesn't matter. We've got to have that combat-ready mentality because uh, it's a mission. It's no different than the military going out on a mission. We're going out on a mission, and whatever it takes to win that mission is what we're going to do because we're firefighters, and we've got to adapt and overcome in so many different situations. And so having that combat-ready mentality, uh, physical fitness, your mental status, uh, your training, all that stuff falls back on what we're talking about. So, man, we could go on with that one for a long time, but I would definitely say humility, work ethic, and that combat-ready mentality are probably the top three for me. Okay. All right. Uh, What would you say to those hungry, eager, motivated firefighters surrounded or being held back by an unmotivated or complacent culture? Oh, how can I answer that without getting in trouble? Um, (laughs) Man, that just sucks. So when I was on when I was on the Firehouse Vigilance podcast with Corley Moore two or three years ago, that kind of same question came up, and it was actually from one of the people watching it. Uh huh. If if your culture is that bad, 
and you believe there's going to be zero change and zero desire for change for the better, man, it's okay to get out and move on. Right. It's okay to get out of that department and move on because every fire department in the nation is hiring right now because nobody wants to do this job. Mm -hmm. And that is where going back to those outside trainings and getting to know people, when you show up to those trainings with some humility and that work ethic and that combat ready mentality, the cadre sees that kind of stuff. And trust me, there's a lot of recruiting going on at these conferences. I will gear every conference I go to. I hear someone say, Hey man, how's your department, man? My department sucks. The culture sucks. Well, Hey dude, we're hiring right now. It'd be good to have you on. But sometimes there comes a point to where when a culture and the morale is so bad within a department that sometimes you have to get out and move on. And there's going to be the naysayers and the haters, but you've got to do what's best for you. And, and I've done it a couple of times. I've, I've left a couple of departments because of that, okay. but, but, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. However, if you do believe there is change and you, and you truly love where you're at, you know, maybe it's your hometown or, or maybe it's a city that you just absolutely love. It's okay to sit in there for maybe a year two or three years and try to help promote change and, and a positive mindset. And, and for those people who do that, man, sometimes it pays off. It really does. But you've got to, as an individual, you know, we've got to weigh out the good and the bad and, and, We've got a way out. Is it time to move on or am I going to sit here and try to make the change? Because it's not, man, this job is way too much fun to sit there and suffer. Yes, it, it is. It's way yeah. too much fun. There's way too much good going on away too many other departments to sit there and be stagnant. So sometimes it's okay to move on and, and sometimes it's okay to sit there and fight your battles. Mm -hmm. So man, to give you a straightforward answer, that's a tough one. That that's, that's probably one of the toughest questions. Okay. No, and, but I, and the question, Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go. So, so the question that came up when I was with Corley Moore, um, he sent in and it said, um, it was, in, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was in relevance to, uh, our training chief and our chief does not want to see us outside of our firehouse unless we're running calls. So they didn't want them to go. I don't know if this place had a training tower or, you know, training grounds. I don't know what they had, but their chief and training chief literally told them, we do not want to see you outside of our firehouse unless you're running calls. And, and I literally told that, I literally told that person, I said, I would be filling out applications at every fire department I could find because I'd be getting the hell out of there. Yeah. If, if my chief and training chief came up and told our shift that, dude, I would put in my two weeks right away and move on because that's not, that's not how you build a culture. And that to me, that is probably some of the crappiest leadership that I've ever seen or been told about. I mean, that that's absolutely horrible. Yeah. yeah. And then the thing that sucks is that one of these days they're going to, they're going to get a tone and there's going to say there's people trapped inside a house and that department is not going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. So pretty man, pretty tough one. You, I could piss some people off with that one, but I'll try to be, I'll try to be pretty cordial here this morning. So, <laughs> all right. Um, and since since you do go around and teach, and you teach a uh, for you teach um, your lecture to a I'm what I'm assuming would be a variety of of different ranks within the fire department. So I'm going to ask you this question: Do you believe communication amongst the ranks is a must for a department to be successful? 
100%. Have you ever read the book Extreme Ownership? Uh, no, I haven't, but I haven't got to it yet. I am actually currently reading um, Corley's Nine L's. Man, you're on a good book there, too. So the very and I don't want to give away extreme ownership. And, and I love this analogy because this this so relates back to our job. And, and you're and when you start reading that book, the very first chapter, it talks about the breakdown of communication and how there was blue on blue, which in the military world is is friendly fire coming in at friendly fire. OK. And so communication is a must because there are so many times in our job that when there's a breakdown in communication, our mission fails. And that sucks because the people we serve don't deserve that because we are better than that. However, mistakes do happen. We're humans. We're not perfect. But if if good positive communication and, and when I say positive, I mean, it needs to be good communication because sometimes they're the communication that comes down. It's negative. It's those tough conversations that we have to have with one another. But if there's not good positive communication from the chain of command from the up to the down and the down back up then we are going to fail mm -hmm. that that communication man if we don't have that within our within our departments no matter how big or small your department is the failure rate is going to be tremendously high unfortunately and in some of that communication it might be making a ride on a fire alarm it might be an actual structure fire. You know, those company officers, they need to be communicating. You know, we're, we're two blocks down the street and we see fire blowing out of a house. That communication had better start. You know, there's, there's something that happens within the fire department. Um, you know, that chief had better have good communication with those company officers and the company officers down to the firefighters. You know, that, 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 that communication has to happen because if it doesn't, man, we're screwed. And right. it can mess up a lot of simple tasks. Right, right. Well said. Um, in your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? That's another really good question, and I think it's a it's a pretty straight. I mean, it's an it's a question I can answer very easily. I'm going to jump to the company officer level on this. The American Fire Service is doing a horrible job of equipping informal leaders into the formal leadership levels. So I've seen it time and time again. When a firefighter or a driver is getting ready to promote to that lieutenant or that company officer level, and, and the American Fire Service as a whole is doing this, there's nothing they are doing to help that individual get there. So what happens is that firefighter driver promotes to, let's say, a lieutenant level, and he's riding the seat that day, and he's been at that lieutenant level for three or four months, and he gets his first big call, or she gets – did the he or she gets their first big call. They roll up and, and things start going south quite rather quickly. So they get down with the scene. Hopefully everybody goes home. They get back the next shift. The chief comes up and the next thing you know, they're walking across the street or going downtown to go sign paperwork because that, because that new lieutenant or that new captain screwed up. When in all reality, that department did absolutely nothing to prepare that person for that role. Now, is that always on the is that always on the upper chain of command? No. There when people are thinking about promoting, there's always that saying you better know your job before, you better know your job now and you better know the job above you. Okay. And some of that can 
some of that can be on that new lieutenant because they didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't do their own study and their own research. You know, what's it take to be a good lieutenant? Did they make did they make those contacts with those outside people they met at outside training? Hey, man, I'm thinking about promoting the lieutenant. I have some questions for you. But as a whole, the American Fire Service is doing a horrible job of making sure that people are ready to take that next step. Those officer development programs, um, just really getting those people geared up mentally and physically to be prepared to do that job. Okay. And it's definitely, you definitely hit on the nail because I don't want to say I know how all departments do it, but I would say most departments, if a, if a candidate wants to go up for a lieutenant or captain, all right, you take a written exam, okay, you pass it. Most of the time it has firefighter one and two, maybe some, some officer questions, maybe some engineer questions. Next step after that, if you make the cut, is um, some sort of fire problem. And to me... It all depends on how you do your fire problem. I know I know a good amount of departments now that are doing like a sort of you watch a video of something. Okay, tell us what you would do. It's kind of like a checkbox. Scenarios. I'm, scenarios. And I'm not saying that's that's good or bad. It, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it. But I firmly agree with what you're saying with officer development because – all right, let's just say this person they 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 smoke the written test, they do good on their um their fire problem or whatnot, but we're not teaching them, okay, this is what station life's gonna be. This is the different type of personalities you're gonna have on your crew. This is what you kind of need to look out for in case one of your members is having a problem. All right, you get an issue. This is how you resort or this is how you fix conflicts or disagreements. That's where I believe they're also lacking because a lot of them hit good on, okay, yeah, this is, you know, the fire service, the, the captain's going to be in charge of a scene, but behind the scenes, we're, I think they, they can do a little bit more to prepare them for, you know, type A personalities. Uh, somebody's having issues at home. How do I take care of this? You know, I feel like we're, we're falling short there. A hundred. Yeah. You nailed it, man. There's, and that's, and I think that's probably the thing that, I would say takes most company officers by surprise is the amount of things, not even fire ground related that they have to take care of. Right. That yes. Man, that, that company officer role is definitely, you're the middleman of the American fire service because, and I say that because you're getting, you're getting the stuff from the firefighters up to you. You're getting everything pushed down to you from mm -hmm. the chief and battalion chief level. And so how, how do you effectively how do you i'm trying to i'm trying to think how to word this at that level how do you effectively keep that open honest line of communication from bottom to top and back down how do you promote growth how do you do all the hr into stuff how can you do that and do it well because man there's so many times that company officers they get put in that role and within it seems like the first the first month or there, man, they have a firefighter that I, I don't know, they're going through divorce or they're going through who knows what. And so they're dealing with that, all the added stresses, plus everything coming down from the top. Mm -hmm. And so, man, it's it, it, that I truly believe that company officer role is probably one of the most important roles in the American fire service. And we've got to do a better job of, of making sure that our people are ready to be there. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Hands down. Agree with you on that. Um, 
before we go, uh, I heard you were on, I'm pretty sure you were on Jake's 3.0 Firefighter podcast. And uh, I don't want to say you got on a soapbox, but whether you want to call it a soapbox or not, but you went on like it was like you're preaching to to any any firefighter out there that believes that without training, without being physically fit for this job, that when those tones go off, that they can do their job. I I just want to know your take on that. Like if one of one of if one of them are listening. And they want to get better. I just wanted to know if you could pretty much just give us a little preach on that. Because when when I heard you tell Jake that, man, it just, yeah, it it, it resounded with me really hard. So, yeah, man, it goes back to that combat ready mentality. And here's the thing. If you're not getting out as a shift and as a department in training, you're failing. You Not only you, mate, you're failing yourself, you're failing your crew. You're putting a bad name on your fire department. And the people who really suffer are the people that we took an oath to serve. And man, I I don't get I don't get fire departments who have a lack of training and who do not promote training at the company level because it is that important. You can't you cannot effectively go throw a ladder to division two at two o'clock in the morning, if you're not going out and throwing ladders as a shift, you can't effectively stretch a hose line to where your company officer tells you to, th- to stretch a hose line at three in the afternoon. If you're not training you every day that you walk into the firehouse, we never know. There are some cities who, when they walk into the firehouse, they know they're getting fired. I right. mean, there are just some cities who are fortunate enough, or maybe you work in the hood, and are you work in a shitty part of town to where there's fires almost every day? Some people are lucky enough to get that kind of stuff. Some people are not. But if you're not getting out in training, why are you even here? Man, I, and I'm sorry to be like that, but somebody wants to take your spot, man. If, if you're not in it to win it, man, get out and go do something else. There's plenty of office jobs that you don't have to train for. Right. And it just absolutely wears me out. And here's another thing, too, and I'll get on a soapbox on this, and I'll probably get my wrist slapped for this. The amount of computer training that's coming out, <laughs> man, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. there. And I understand, like, you know, I'm an EMT. I've got to do my – I've got huh. to do my CEUs. You know, every yep. two years, i got to get that renewed. Mm-hmm. I get that, man. And, and EMS training, that's a really good way to do computer training. As a firefighter, it is absolutely drowning training in the American fire service. And it is absolutely horrible. If you want to be, if you want to be a very effective, great firefighter, you've got to get your hands on stuff and you've got to be doing it rep after rep after rep. That's what makes a difference. And if man, if you're not willing to do that, and if you're a chief that listens to this and, and you don't think that hands-on training as at the company level makes a difference, I don't even know how you're a chief, man. You suck. That's all there is to it. And we, we've got to be doing a better job. And, and I think with all these conferences and things going on, it is getting a lot better. I, mm-hmm. I really believe, even with some of the negative bullshit and the politics going on in the American Fire Service, I truly believe that we're growing right now in ways that's going to make a huge difference. But 
you've got to be willing to show up and to do the work. Man, this is the cool thing about this job, man. I, I've never had a choice but to be a hard worker my whole life. I, I wasn't a trust fund baby. I've had to work my whole life. This is still a blue collar job. Absolutely. This is freaking work. And you can't go to work and be really good at this job without putting in the reps. If you're not willing to do it, man, pack your shit and get out because someone else is. Yep. I I'd rather I'd rather run at minimum staffing with four badasses on an engine company than have 15 guys at my firehouse running out of a truck company, an engine company, and 75% of them suck at their job. Man, yeah. give me yep. give Thanks. me four guys who freaking want to go to work and get and get dirty and get their hands on stuff rather than 15 mutts. Four badasses can go make a difference. No, agreed. Agreed. And and this in this day and time too, you have a lot of a lot of different areas within the country that they're just looking for bodies. Like, you know, they, they don't really care if the person can really do the job They're Hey, just get them through their, uh, their little practical skills. Once they can pass it, they're good to go. And that's just setting yourself up in your department for failure. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. So, um, LJ, man, I, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been a good one. Um, I definitely wanted you on here because the way you speak, you speak with that conviction and, and pretty much you, you're not bullshitting anybody. You, you, you put in the work and the sets and reps pay off. So I, I appreciate having you on here, sir, speaking the gospel on the fire service for those who may be struggling. Um, maybe, you know, they need to hear this to get a little kick in the ass to, to, to get going, but I appreciate having you on, sir. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.